You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. everyone and welcome back david to the sonic society number 763 yeah good to see you jack and good to see everyone thank you very much for your little note that you you encapsulated in last week's sonic society for me i i, I had <laughs> hoped you would hear my message through the ethos i do i, I absolutely do yes <laughs> <laughs> truth is i've been too tired to get the time to even spend the time with you it's all it's all my fault what have you been up to lately well i certainly haven't been trying to do a master's in the smallest amount of time possible on top of a full-time job, Jack. Uh. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so what have you been doing? <laughs> what have I been doing? There's, well, I, it's my usual round of uh, tutoring. Uh, I, we've been recording the Redracula podcast as well, which will be coming out uh, in May through May through October because it uh, follows the daily diaries of uh, the Dracula novel from 1879 uh, and on that score we also we are very deep into production for Shadows at the Door season 3 and if any of the listeners haven't listened to Shadows at the Door yet then do look that up our picture of Dorian Gray mini series which came out last June was uh, was utterly fantastic it's a phenomenal show i really wish we could get it on mutual sort <laughs> i'm coming up to doing scheduling in the next uh, little bit you might, might want to pass that off to some of your friends and family yes members. yes i, I will so, i will mention it well after today's show i may be heading back to slumberland myself that's right because this week's feature invites our ears to visit slumberland a small island town in the u.s Come along with Thomas Edward M., the freelance soundman, who's been hired to meet the locals and record their oral histories for the town's time capsule. The unfolding history of the town mixes folklore, paranormal, mystery and humour. It's audio drama time and it's time for Slumberland. And it all begins right here on the Sonic Society. My name is Thomas Edward M., freelance soundman. A mysterious client has hired me to record the oral history of an obscure island community in the Great Lakes region. This is Slumberland. I'm here on the ferry with my car. This boat has just left the mainland and we're traveling across the lake to Slumberland Island. I can see it way off in the distance. Actually, I'm the only passenger on this ride, but the ferry runs pretty much once every hour on most days, I heard. Because it's the only way to get to the island, it's too far for a bridge, unless you have your own boat. So this ferry is captained by a kid, nice enough guy, I'm guessing this is his job during summer break from school. Unfortunately, feeling very nauseous. I'm suddenly very seasick. Windy day, really choppy water. The guy said the lake has big chop, I think. I think it's a very real possibility I could throw up. Oh, this sucks. 
The only thing on hand to help is a local ginger ale pop they had. They call it pop around here, not soda. We got that clear. Well, wanted to get some basics down. The plan is, I'll be working on Slumberland for a few weeks, staying there. My client asked me not to name him. He's the money behind this, but wants to be uh, behind the scenes and anonymous. Said he was an angel donor funding this project, and Slumberland's town has wanted an oral history for a long time. So, I have info on people to interview, sites to visit, the noteworthy sounds of the community to record. It should be a nice, mellow little sort of project. I'm sitting at the dock area now. Definitely seasick. Boat 1, Thomas 0. Now actually watching as some seagulls nibble at what I threw up. And seeing that was so gross, it made me throw up a second time. Feeling very tired and out of it. And no one's around. The ferry's gone back to the other side. I can't really... I don't feel like walking or standing yet. Hello. Still here on the bench. Hello. And there's some kind of faint voice. Hello. I think uh, the mic's picking it up. Yeah? No. Hello. Well, it's not my car radio. I shut that off. Hello. I think it's actually Hello. this seashell. A big seashell that was sitting on this bench. Hello. It's saying hello. Hello. Uh, when I put it to my ear, I could swear I'm hearing hello. It's really weird. Hello. Some kind of toy, or is there a speaker in there? Hello there. Do you hear me? Uh, I can hear you. Who is this? I am in the distant tower. Do you see? Uh, yes. You should keep this shell. You'll find it quite useful. I only ask for a modest fee. You do have some quarters on you. I do. Toss one on the ground. Thank you. Goodbye for now. Oh, wait. Um, I am now highly nauseous. Headache. On this bench holding a seashell to my ear. And... And a seagull just picked up my quarter with its beak. It's flying away. Like going toward that lighthouse. Slumberland. Written and recorded with location sounds by Tom Mansell. Ferryboat sounds by Kayo from Freesound Project. And ambient pads by Jovica, also Freesound Project. Thank you for listening. My name is Thomas Edward M., freelance sound man. A mysterious client has hired me to record the oral history of an obscure island community in the Great Lakes region. This is Slumberland. Just arrived at the rental. 
the little place where I'll be staying. Didn't get a good preview of it. The Google satellite pics had clouds over this spot. Apparently, this is another one of those frequently overcast spots in America. It's quite secluded. You can't see the neighbors' places here for the trees. I actually didn't see a single person on the way over here. This might be the quiet side of the island. The overall population on Slumberland is just in the hundreds. I passed just one vehicle on the roads. An ice cream truck, ironically. All right, let's check this place out. My two priorities, as usual, internet and food. My client left the Wi-Fi password and it seems flaky at best. Goes right along with the delicate little thread of cell signal I'm getting here. So right now, I'm staring into the fridge. It's refreshingly cool in here and stocked with lots of food. Very considerate of my client. Plus the stuff I brought, so I should be in good sh shape. There's a voice coming from somewhere. <clears throat> Turns out, there's a man sleeping in the bedroom, and he won't wake up, even if I shout and shake the bed. And even weirder, he's apparently talking in his sleep. Bitches. Our new thoughts come out of our brains. I don't think that's just like how the control is. It's funny how when you control something, it can right. be more I'm going to call my client and see if he knows what the hell's going on with this. My client shed some light on the situation. Mr. Sleeping Man is the guy he hired to come fix the AC unit, which apparently he did not do because there's three fans running in this room. Now, while my client does claim to know this guy, at the same time he says, Oh, that's what's-his-name. Oh, what's-his-name. He says this man's actually somewhat well-known for talking in his sleep. He's predicted the future accurately with some of his sleep-talking comments. So my client says I should get some recordings of him now while he's at it. That'd be a good thing to include in the oral history project. So, looks like I'll be... Be natured, you have to. So, looks like I'll be starting work a day early. I've got my main recorder set up, ready to just let it run a while, I guess. I'm going in and switching it on. was the question. Slumberland, written and recorded with location sounds by Tom Mansell. Sleeping Man, performed by Josh Valdez, and Ambient Pads by Yuvitsa, Free Sound Project. Thank you for listening. My name is Thomas Edward M., freelance sound man. A mysterious client has hired me to record the oral history of an obscure island community in the Great Lakes region. 
This is Slumberland. Just finished bringing in the rest of the stuff from my car. Sound recorder's inside, still running. Already got a couple hours worth from Mr. Sleeping Man. From what I've heard, basically a steady stream of non sequiturs, gibberish, and incoherent mumbles. Yeah. I'll try once more to wake him with the loudest thing I can find. Maybe the car horn right by the window. Because otherwise, I guess I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. Oh, sounds like uh, that must be the ice cream truck I passed earlier. Coming to make the rounds over here. Yeah, there it is. I'm not wanting anything, but uh, maybe I can say hello. Hello. Chicken. Tinkerbell. Phantom. Chicken. Tinkerbell. Phantom. Hello? Hello? Wow. Completely ignored me. I guess, uh, I don't know. Is it a kids-only policy for ice cream trucks? In case they didn't notice, there's no kids out here. I'm the only person in sight. Well, I've never seen an ice cream truck that looked like that, where the windows were all blacked out. I couldn't see at all who was driving. And stuff mounted on top. Looked like a bunch of those cameras they use for taking street map photos. Well, so, I'm hoping this whole situation gets more on track tomorrow. In the morning, the first real interview is scheduled, and we'll jump right into some old history of Slumberland. Just came back out, because I hear that ice cream truck coming again. And it was like, just here, it must have only circled the block. Yep, there it is, creeping down the street again. I'll try a more obvious approach. Hello? Chicken. Tinkerbell. Hello? Phantom. Hello? Chicken. Tinkerbell. Phantom. And there it goes. Pretty weird. I thought about standing right in front of it, but I guess I chickened out on that. Well, it has the usual ice cream truck stickers stuck all over the side, but on the hood there's one of those metal diamond-shaped signs bolted on with the radioactive warning symbol, the triangles. Why would you stick that on an ice cream truck? And is Chicken Tinkerbell Phantom even an ice cream flavor? Three, two, one. Slumberland, written and recorded with location sounds by Tom Mansell. Ice Cream Truck Voice by Erica Griffin Schaller. Ambient Pads by Jovica from Freesound Project. Thank you for listening.
My name is Thomas Edward M., freelance sound man. A mysterious client has hired me to record the oral history of an obscure island community in the Great Lakes region. This is Slumberland. Sounds like they're somewhere in the woods. It's 3.26 a.m. My guess is coyotes. I've already been woken up by that sleeping man when he got loud. Shutting the door to his room wasn't enough, and I forgot earplugs. Well, sounds like they've stopped. Good. Hello? Hello? I don't believe it. Hello? It's that shell, bloody stupid shell. I put Hello? it in my suitcase. Hello? 4.16 a.m. Right, in the closet with it. Why are those sounds back? Waking me up at 4.57 a.m. This whole job is getting off to such a bad start. I shouldn't be vomiting on the shore. There shouldn't be a shell talking to me. There shouldn't be a man sleeping in my house or a weird ice cream truck or crazy noises waking me up at night. Listen to me, I sound like that grumpy fish in the cat in the hat story. What's needed here is action. Here in the kitchen, they sound louder. Odd. It seems like it's coming from the woods, but all around at the same time. Strange acoustics. Now, let's see. Ah, perfect. Of course, they've stopped now that I'm out here. But I am patient. And I... Ah, there. Quiet! I'm wired with energy now, but the noises seem to be gone for good. And sleeping man, he's barely a murmur. As far as calming down, well, there's no TV in the house. Plenty of books, though. Now I wonder, whose house is this, anyway? It's furnished, obviously lived in. Could be my clients, he didn't say. I actually enjoy studying the knick-knacks people keep in their homes. 
wondering what it might tell you about a person. There's a lot of that in here. Framed photos and carvings. Here's a photo of some lemurs. Ring-tailed lemurs. All of it's fairly familiar stuff. The tourist bits from various countries. Some masks on the wall. Music instruments. Here's a kalimba. Here's some kind of a weapon, maybe? A club? Interesting, there doesn't seem to be anything at all here related to Slumberland. Hmm. Oh. On the coffee table, there's a copy of Alice in Wonderland. Reminded herself, I really should make some time soon to start recording my own audiobook version of this for LibriVox. The table was a large one, but the three were all crowded together at one corner of it. No room, no room, they cried out when they saw Alice coming. There's plenty of room, said Alice indignantly, as she sat down in a large armchair at one end of the table. Have some wine, the March Hare said in an encouraging tone. Alice looked all around the table, but there was nothing on it but tea. I don't see any wine, she remarked. "'There isn't any,' said the March Hare. "'Then it wasn't very civil of you to offer it,' said Alice angrily. "'It wasn't very civil of you to sit down without being invited,' said the March Hare. "'I didn't know it was your table,' said Alice. "'It's laid out for a great many more than three. "'Your hair wants cutting,' said the Hatter. "'He had been looking at Alice for some time with great curiosity, "'and this was his first speech.' "'You should learn not to make personal remarks,' Alice said with some severity. "'It's very rude.' The Hatter opened his eyes very wide on hearing this, but all he said was, "'Why is a raven like a writing-desk?' "'Ah, poor Alice. A story in which all of these ridiculous characters keep giving her a hard time. I can relate.' "'What was that? A door-slam?' just opened the bedroom door. That sleeping man is gone. Hello? 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 I think he left. Slumberland, written and recorded with location sounds by Tom Mansell. Clanging Sounds by CGFX, Free Sound Project. Ambient Pads by Yovitsa, Free Sound Project. Thank you for listening. My name is Thomas Edward M., freelance sound man. A mysterious client has hired me to record the oral history of an obscure island community in the Great Lakes region. This is Slumberland. <clears throat> this is Thomas Edward M. Personal notes for Slumberland Island Oral History Project. Monday morning, and I'm at the Slumberland Community Memorial Gardens. Got here early so I can wander around 
a while before my interview arrives. Yes, first interviewee for the project. He's a docent for the park. Ah, my client scheduled this. Yeah, the person is Omar Evanston. He's familiar with the history of these gardens. Looks like there's a variety of statues here and there. Park, uh, the gardens, cemetery off over there, woods over there, a fountain, a clock. So, plan is to record Mr. Everson's talking points about each of these things. Walking down the path toward the largest sculpture, it's the one that looks like a cube made of steel. This is the one sculpture that I know anything at all about. Noticing nobody else is around. Yes, it's early, but not even dog walkers. You know, this reminds me of something I have noticed. This. Isn't it odd? When I find myself alone in a park, or a bridge, or whatever public place, it's like, at that moment in time, I'm apparently the only person on earth who said, I want to be at that spot. I think that with so many people in the world, I just find that amazing. Anyway, I'm alone here now, and here's the cube. I guess uh, 10 feet high, 10 feet wide, of course. Dark brown metal surface, sort of a series of uneven panels on it. And there's a crank. When the crank's turned, the machinery inside's supposed to produce a sort of spoken message, like a giant music box, but in this case, reproducing a human voice. Seems an impressive accomplishment for a post-war kinetic sculpture. Let's hear how it sounds. Interesting. Oh, now over on this side, there's a door. There's a very small room inside this cube. I wonder what for. Hey! Hey, man! Ah, I bet that's Omar Evanston heading this way. Hey, are you recording? Leave it on, leave it on! There's a high probability you're going to pick something up. Pick what up? EVPs. Ghost voices. Are you Omar Evanston? <laughs> no, my name's Dango. Good to meet you. What's uh, what's your name? Uh, I'm Thomas Edward M. Are you from here? On the island? No, just passing through. First time here. I'm geocaching in those woods. You know there is only one geocache on this island? It's supposed to be a bitch to find. So I'm doing that, but my primary mission objective was to see the old, uh, Vox Box here. Because I'm backpacking around the country, hitting up hot spots pertaining to shadow government activity or paranormal events. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Oh. So this cube sculpture is one of those? Man, 
Let me tell you some things. You're not going to get this from the Parks and Rec office here, you know what I'm saying? Okay, look. Here's the plaque. Ah, there's the plaque. It reads, Coyote's Voice Box. And in quotes, On this island form a unique society devoted to peace, love, and translation unknown. End quote. Anonymous. Okay. So if you want to know something important about this town's history, this plaque gives you a clue. You know about carrier pigeons? All right, so in World War II, they were used to carry coded messages for the military, right? Well, there was a soldier stationed in Europe, and his name was Coyote. He was an expert in codes. Well, one day, the code bunker where Coyote was stationed got hit by a rocket... Bleeding, blinded, knowing this was the end, Coyote scribbled a special message, found a carrier pigeon, and Coyote sent it home, uh, back to his home, to get the message to his family. And eventually, that pigeon made it here, to Slumberland. Uh, so at the time, Slumberland had basically become a ghost town again, but Coyote's message inspired the few people, and the town started to reform. Bonus trivia, after the war, Slumberland Island was a candidate for being the site of the United Nations World Headquarters. I would love to know the why, but that intel is buried deep, deep. You look like you've got a question. Oh, well, if they know who wrote this message on the plaque, why does it say anonymous? Oh, no, 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 it says anonymous because that's the name of the artist, Thomas Anonymous. You heard of him? No, I haven't heard of any artist named Thomas Anonymous. He changed his name to Anonymous as an art stunt so he could take credit for all the things in the world that other people left uncredited. One more question. Is any of that really for real? <laughs> yeah. Sounds pretty sketch, right? I know. Oh, uh, that's my client calling. Oh, oh, hey, no, no worries. No worries, man. Get to it. Good chatting. Good luck. Mm, thanks. You too. Just off the phone, my client apologizing up and down. He has no idea where Omar Evanston is, and sounded pretty concerned. Said I should just take the morning off while he looks into this. That man Tango's gone now. Saw him head off into the woods. Well, I feel like I should go for a drive. Slumberland, written and recorded with location sounds by Tom Mansell. Tango, performed by David Blackburn. Grinding sounds by Vumsaplutton. Metal door sounds by Nine Billy and Cuboed Up, Free Sound Project. Ambient pads by Yuvitsa, also Free Sound Project. Thank you for listening. My name is Thomas Edward M., freelance soundman. A mysterious client has hired me to record the oral history of an obscure island community in the Great Lakes region. This is Slumberland. driving now. Just took the time to set up a little kit that holds my sound recorder in place while I'm driving. 
for hands-free note-taking. Seems to be working well. Handy to plug in a couple of microphones and record interviews while driving, if need be. Well, if this project ever gets started, I'm still not seeing anyone around. At all. I realize the only conversation I've had so far with a local, although it was bizarre, was with that man talking on the seashell. I see that lighthouse in the distance, so I'm headed that way. Perhaps he will actually be there. Oh, some notes before I forget. So far, the best phone reception I've had here seemed to be inside that cube sculpture, funny enough. Also, next time I get to speak to my client, tell him about that sleeping man. When I woke this morning, no sign of him. No clue where he went. Presumably he's awake now, or sleepwalking. I've wandered my way back toward the lake, trying to keep heading toward the lighthouse, but the roads here are rather annoying. Keep winding me back inland with all these turns and forks. Mostly trees around, but I am seeing a house here and there, not seeing anyone out. Just turned a corner where there was a handmade sign in the ground, said 88.8 FM. I'm tuning to it now. At the tone, 41 days. Seven hours, three minutes remaining. At the tone, 41 days, seven hours, two minutes remaining. Hmm. Seems familiar. It sounds like a radio station on shortwave, the one for universal time. Except this one's counting backwards. Ah, found the lighthouse at last. Don't see anyone around. Right. Not able to tell if this is a lighthouse that's still in operation. There's a small building connected to it. Probably a house or office. I'll try that first. No. Doesn't appear occupied at the moment. The lighthouse here has a door. Locked. Also an intercom box. Pressing the button. I had a feeling. Well, I'll get out this shell and give it a shot. <clears throat> Hello? Hello! Slumberland Island Communication Service. This is Bonzo. How may I assist you? Hello, I'm here at the lighthouse. Are you talking to me from inside the lighthouse? Of course not, I'm at the dome. Oh, oh, you know, I'm sorry, Mr. M. I'm seeing that you're overdue on your service bill. I'm going to have to ask you to make a payment now or your service will be interrupted. You want more quarters? Yep, just toss them on the ground. Birds will get them. Fantastic. And how may I help you today, sir? Well, so, I would like to know... How is it possible that I'm talking to you through a seashell? Sir, I'm assuming that you're a new visitor to the island. Perhaps you haven't noticed that our regular call service here can be terrible. So we've installed an alternative community network. 
Also, I should point out, you don't have to use a seashell. It can be most any object with a similar shape. I myself use a can of chili that I actually ate out of. But then again, I am a disgusting hipster. <laughs> yeah, no, but what makes it even work that our voices go back and forth through a shell? Or whatever thing. Ah, well, that would be magic. And you know, magic is magic. Can't explain magic, right? It's just magic. Suppose I want to reach other people. Do you have a directory? Oh, a directory? Wow. <laughs> no, no. Slumberland is so small, everybody knows everybody. Just say their name. Oh, uh, sorry, sir. I'm going to have to put you on hold here. I have another call incoming. Uh, uh, hello? Well, I'm so glad I'm recording this. How very bizarre. Well, let's try this. Omar Evanston. Hello, Omar? Evanston? Hello? Omar Evanston. <laughs> well, great. And still nobody around that I can see. I'm going to head into the town. I've left this countdown station on and heard a funny little message some moments ago. It's been about five minutes now, and I'm wondering if it will repeat. Ah, there. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Time Capsule Countdown. This countdown timer was created by the Slumberland Computer Club. See you at the ceremony. Slumberland, written and recorded with location sounds by Tom Mansell. Bonzo, performed by Dante Passmore. Ambient Pads by Yovitsa, Free Sound Project. Thank you for listening. My name is Thomas Edward M., freelance soundman. A mysterious client has hired me to record the oral history of an obscure island community in the Great Lakes region. This is Slumberland. Check one, check two. Okay, it's running. All right, man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ceremony. This is Magic Elvis coming at you. The date is July 1976. Happy birthday, America. Oh, there's uh, still seats open in the front row here. Yeah. Now, I may be just an entertainer, singer, and six-string plucker, but I have served as master of ceremonies that places every color and stripe, and never one as beautiful as this here island community of Slumberland. Some may ask, why would a time capsule ceremony have anything to do with a man who impersonates the king of rock and roll and performs magic tricks on the side? Well, I sure did ask myself that very question. But when I received the invitation, I called upon the great power of the Monomojo Juju for guidance, and I was told this was something I must do. So here I am, standing amongst your towering pines and sparkling lake. hey -yah! Now dig this. As a man who enjoys nothing more than paying tribute to Big E every day, 
I can appreciate the magnitude of your hometown hero Coyote. I understand him to be a visionary who brought this town together and a hero who gave his life so that we may all live free. I'd like to ask that we observe a moment of silence for Coyote. Well, I've been asked to set the scene here on recorded tape for posterity. We're gathered here at the Memorial Park by this here work of art, the cube sculpture. Buried in the ground here right beside it is the original 1946 time capsule, soon to be joined by another. The new container is here, all shiny and silver, designed to survive until the end of time, I would imagine. Now somebody correct me if I goof, but in 1946, when Coyote sent home a coded message with instructions for the time capsule, he explained that the items that would go inside it would seem very strange, maybe even unexplainable. But therein lies the purpose of this very special time capsule. It is meant not merely as a snapshot of the past for future citizens to enjoy. No, Coyote's capsule seems to be a kind of safety deposit box, containing things that may have no special significance now, but in the future when this time capsule is opened, they may in fact be mission critical. I'll read now the list of items Coyote asked that we add here in the summer of 76. One, a large container of seeds. You got that thing okay, fellas? All right. Two, a stack of engraved stone tablets. Well, those are habit suckers. Three, the eight-track cartridge. When it's finished recording this, no problemo. Gotta tell you, I love me the main tracks. Play them in my car, pop them out, and play them at home. All right, and finally, number four, Magic Elvis. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I must say, I'm as startled as you to hear my name on this list. In part because it was written back in 46, well before Magic Elvis ever came to be, but also because it seems funny to request that a man be placed inside a time capsule. And yet now... Well, hey now, people, calm down now, come on. Now that I consider it, well, I find... Well, I know now what I must do. Yeah, the, the Monomojo Juju is flowing. And I ask that you step back. A one for the money. Two for the show. A three... Slumberland, written and recorded with location sounds by Tom Mansell. Additional sounds from Freesound Project contributors, Clank Beald, Unchaz, Joel Audio, Robin Hood 76, and Jovica. Thank you for listening. My name is Thomas Edward M., freelance soundman. A mysterious client has hired me to record the oral history of an obscure island community in the Great Lakes region. This is Slumberland.
I'm standing on Main Street. If Slumberland has any kind of downtown, this must be it. All the shops and buildings look dark and closed. A minute ago, I thought I saw someone moving inside this place, but... Well, maybe not. If they are in there, they're not coming back. Hmm. This looks like some kind of used bookshop. Too dark to say what I really saw in there. Walking down the street, nobody around. Keeping an eye out for anything like a dome that Bonzo mentioned. Oh, I see a young woman. Down the street, in front of a... Café? Ah, she waved back. Wonderful, finally, someone who can hopefully explain why it's so ghost town-esque around here. Oh, this is a recorder. <laughs> uh, hello, this is Lex. Hello. <laughs> I'm coming to you live on this guy's recorder while he's in the bathroom. <laughs> hmm. What else does he have in here? Excuse me. Oops. Please don't go through my things and put that down. Uh-uh. I'm going to record our conversation. No, I'd... No, I'd rather you didn't... Hey, look what I made you. A tahini and jay. Oh. My own creation, and it's on the house. Thanks. Hmm, tahini. It's delicious. And your tea? In exchange, I get to interview you. Sure. My name's Lex. What's your name? Thomas. And why'd you come to Slumberland? Mm, one of your residents here hired me to record interviews and create an old history of the town. Oh, you're Mr. Sound! I heard about you! Mr. Sound? Who's calling me Mr. Sound? Eh, people. Well, where are the other people around here? You know, the island seems like it's deserted. <laughs> Most are at the Dome. Dude, it's a really big festival today. Whoever hired you must not live here anymore. He'd know that. Who hired you? Sorry, he asked me not to say. Maybe he really sent you to spy on us. Are you? A spy? I'm not a spy. Well, even if you are, I don't care. Today is my last day here anyway. Tomorrow I'm getting on a boat with my stuff and my cat and I'm leaving this island. Oh, okay. May I ask why? Eh, I want to go see the world now. Where are you from? No one single place. But I was born in Newway. That's a small island. Hmm. Well, I want my story to be in this oral history before I go, so I'm going to record it right now, okay? Sure, go ahead. Here, I'm refilling your tea. Thank you. So this all happened 11 years ago. I was homeschooled. So one day I was home studying the planets. Back then Pluto was still a planet. I felt like Pluto sometimes. Although Pluto did have a tiny little moon to play with. This one day I finished studying planets and I went outside to wander. I walked a long way from home, farther than I'd ever gone before. Out to the lake that's here in the island. It's either a really tiny lake or a super big pond. We never quite decided which. 
There's a swampy area by it, stinky and mushy trees sinking into it. I liked the fluffy things there, the moss and the cattails bursting open. I had this little camera my mom gave me and I was taking pictures. Any bugs under a rock? I was collecting pictures of those. I was out there a while and it got to a point where I was lying under a tree, sort of looking out at the pond. Then I was singing that song, Puff the Magic Dragon. (laughs) You know that one? Oh, I used to cry my head off at the end of that song. I thought the dragon got sad and died when the boy stopped coming to play with him. So whenever I felt like singing it, I'd just leave off the end. I was singing it that day under the tree, and I imagined that two big eyes out on the lake were watching me. They were yellow, glowing eyes, and they rose up, and this whole giant head came up out of the lake with long, swaying strings of seaweed dripping from its snout. It was a sea monster. It came over to me and let me climb up on its giant shoulders. I held onto its neck and it took off, slither crawling across the fields and then onto the big lake going far away from Slumberland. I have a theory now. I think there's a reason for a lot of people who see things. You know, UFOs or Bigfoot or orbs. That, that's just your imagination filling in some kind of companion when you're so alone. Well, so I was still sitting under the tree, and the sunset was, like, very dark orange and beautiful. And a murmuration of birds came by. I put my camera on video mode, and I was recording the birds flying all around. But then, there was a sound. Like a giant, wet burp. It sounded like it came from all around me. It echoed and faded away. I thought that sound was so weird, and when I got home, I played it for my mom and dad. What might have happened next was I got super grounded for going so far away alone, but instead, my parents flipped out over the weird sound on my camera. I didn't get it, so they told me the story. There's a sound here on Slumberland. Maybe it's always been here. And it's called... The blurp. A long, long time ago, people used to hear this sound, maybe once or twice a year, always seeming like it came from the little lake. But nobody could ever figure out what was making the sound. So it turned into a legend, with lots of ideas about what was creating the blurp. But the main one is, it's a lake monster. It turned into a local mascot, and they started the Blurp Day Festival. My parents were calling the newspaper because nobody had heard the actual blurp sound for like 40 years. But then, here I'm this little kid who not only heard it, but has it recorded. Well, I got made princess of the blurp day festival. Which, I guess I was okay with at first. Wear a dress and hug the giant paper mache float, all that. But then everyone kept asking me to do it again, year after year. (sighs) And I'd do it. Nobody's heard the blurp again since I heard it, so it's like all this attention just sticks to me, and honestly, it's kind of... (sighs) I'm just done with it. 
You know, the lake monster, the, the one with the big yellow eyes and dangling seaweed. He was never real. Never even my pretend friend. So. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Lex. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to go soon and put on that tiara. <laughs> the last night for this blurp day, princess. Oh, all right. But listen, Lex, can you help me to get over to the festival, too? Mm-hmm. You should go to the dome first. I'll tell you the way. Great. Slumberland. Written and recorded with location sounds by Tom Mansell. Lex performed by Jackie Floyd. Jackie's website is JackieFloyd.com. Special thanks to Perry the Fairy Shiregi for inspiring the blurp. Thank you for listening. And that's this week's show. Please check out the show notes for both Sonic Cinema Productions and Slumberland at our website at sonicsociety.org. Until next time when we go old school tech with our feature, I'm Jack Ward. And I'm David Alt. Have a lovely last full week of Nats Room, everyone. Jack, you listened to my Sunday Showcase intro. <laughs> I'm always listening and writing. I wonder if the show notes can count to my totals. Well, given that you wrote the script for the intro, then uh, yes, I think I can let it go through this year. <laughs> It's Nads Room 2023. That is the National Audio Drama Scriptwriters Month, where every year on the darkest and shortest month of the year, audio playwriters everywhere take the various challenges. Go to sonicsociety.org and click on Nads Room to accept your challenge today.